listen to the Cutback Podcast. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Brought to you by McQuano Coffee Roasters. McQuanoCoffee.com. Coming to you live, and by that we mean recorded in advance, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible belt, it's the Gut Check Press Podcast, with your hosts, Ted Clark and Zachary Bartles. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend, my partner in radio, Zachary Bartles. Zach, we are making radio like like maniacs, like we've been shot out of a cannon. Uh, the Gut Check Press Empire uh, is just hurtling forward. It's, it's almost like it's all happening so quickly that I, I don't even know who I am anymore. You know what I mean? I feel like I know um, who I am again, you know? like Yes, yeah. Well, like we're in a way, we're rediscovering who we are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, we're rediscovering our identities, and we identify as the type of people <laughs> who do a lot of radio all the time. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know what my pronouns and, are? Yeah. <laughs> what? AM and FM. AM and... Oh, dude, that's so funny. <laughs> I wish I had social media so that I could make my pronouns AM and FM. That's that's really funny and clever. I, I wish it that. made more sense in that what we actually do is yeah. talking to, uh, right now we're talking to a little box. It's by Zoom, yeah. but a different Zoom, not like the Zoom uh, software. Yeah. The Zoom PodTrack yeah. P4. It's it's great. It's, Dude, I, I love it. I love that there's a second tier Zoom that we're in a relationship <laughs> with. That's also very on brand for our company. <laughs> not that Let's Zoom. Let's find the obscure, yeah. <laughs> The obscure second tier Zoom that doesn't make any money, and let's let's partner with that company. You know so, my uh, favorite my favorite cereal is Alphabets, but it's by this off brand company you've never. And it's spelled funky. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it, dude. I love it. But hey, one of the things that you drifted through my radio transom as a potential topic is talking about the movie Lady Bird, right? Which is a movie. Yeah, which is a movie that I wrote about. In my essay collection, my gut check essay collection called A Hard Thing on a Beautiful Day. A very funny um, essay in which you you concluded, watch Lady Bird. It's a great movie. You'll hate it. Yes, you'll hate it. So it's a great I movie watched you'll hate. It. Yeah. Yeah. So I watched it a few years ago. I came to that conclusion, which which was something along the lines of, this is incredibly clever. It's really well done. Everything they do is the right thing to do in a movie like this, but I hate watching the movie. And you watched the movie on the plane on the way home from from my house, yeah. right? Yes, is, sir. Is this correct? Uh-huh. Yeah. And, In fact, uh, I watched it because I had been <laughs> thinking about the the uh, essay book when we were together because I had to procure a copy of it for Classy Grant. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for his, yeah. his little care package, which is just about on the way out the door. And uh, yeah. while I was uh, flipping through, you know, the, the things you can watch on the flight that came up and I was like, oh, I'll watch it and then we can mock it together. Yeah, but you loved it. I loved it. To me, it right. was so '90s. I, here's my, yeah. my 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 quick hot take on on it. Sure, you sure. watched Go it, ahead. and and to you, it was like watching American Beauty in 2023 yeah. or whatever yeah. year it is now. Uh, and yes. I watched it, and it was like watching American Beauty in 1999 when it still held up, and nobody knew that it sucked. Oh, dude. Okay, I want I want to get into that, dude. I want to unpack that because that's really profound and interesting. So. I want to give just a 30 second like thumbnail of Lady Bird though. So Lady Bird is a hipster movie. And if you've never watched a hipster movie, they have a certain look and feel. You know you're getting some depressing content. Um, you know you're getting everybody kind of like mumble rapping their lines. <laughs> Everything's delivered in sort of a <laughs> right. Everything's kind of that deadpan delivery, and it's it's real hipster. And it was made by Greta Gerwig, who I think is the probably the lineal hipster title belt holder right now i think she has the strap she's got the she's got the hipster champion of the world what's title the ring belt walk music for that and who holds uh, up the belt for you something yeah something no one holds up the belt because no hipsters are strong enough to hold up the belt but um and the t- what it's what's amy the man dude music? i think it's amy man amy man yeah it's amy man it's something really shuffly and kind of depressing <laughs> but uh and you don't so much walk to the ring as you you kind of shuffle you know you're <laughs> 
Everybody, everybody. All right, we're just getting into the movie. Everybody in the movie had bad posture. Yes. You know what I mean? Like the, you could hear the director going, slump, "Slump more! Come on, you're not slump more. Enough. Yeah, roll your shoulders forward, concave your chest more. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like everybody's looking sort of at the ground. They have really bad posture. Um, somebody's parent is like a working a double shift. You know, like it, it, it's just so depressing. But I want to know <laughs> from you though. Like I'm, I'm really interested in this headspace that you described of watching it as though you were watching American Beauty in 1999. Talk more about that. See, there's the, the experience I love of like, before we knew that the distinction between indie and independent movies was basically just a marketing ploy. Uh, and before, sure. before we realized we were all being hustled by all of them all the time, I, yeah. I really sought out a lot of that kind of movie. You and I were talking about even yeah, yeah. Uh, like a big blockbuster type things like Magnolia, which you hadn't seen and I had, and I was like, we should watch that yeah, together. Yeah. Like there's a yeah. certain feeling I get from watching a really slow burn movie where not much happens. And to me, like this is all character type stuff. There's nothing plot driven yeah. about it, which you should like. Which I do love. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Typically, I love that. I honestly that think if I you do. watched this, if you watched Lady Bird in a different mood, you might have loved it. Uh, and you still might. So. But like what yeah. I loved about it was, all right, now, first of all, it made me feel smart in a certain way. Um, oh, it does. And that's what the hipster movie will deliver, yes, dude. Yes. It, it does. It promises that you're going to feel like a certain kind of smart, smug guy, which I know we both like. I remember watching um, um, uh, Goodwill Hunting with my roommate, my college roommate. We rented it on Blockbuster VHS and watched it. I love it. And or no, we we saw it in a theater. I think that's how how yeah. old I am. And we spent the rest of the night like having these like pseudo clever rapid fire conversations yeah, that weren't dude. in our minds. Yeah. They were just like, you know, the way that, that uh, yeah. Damon and, and his, you know, the professor guy were talking and, and in reality, we were yeah, just yeah. probably idiots, but like there's something about yeah. like this borrowed capital of, of, high level intelligence of being too cool for the space you are, but not caring, yes. you know, not yeah. of, of saying clever things for your own benefit. Not, you know, not knowing that there's an audience laughing and cheering right. and not caring that right. the people around you don't get it. Um, yes. And don't yeah. get you. And you know, th yeah. that's a very nineties deal. And like, it's a nineties deal and it's very intoxicating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that I it wanna... was basically Joan Didion, the movie is also kind of a, a flex for whoever, you know, says they love it. Oh, it's a huge flex, dude. It's a massive flex. And like, I want to talk about two things related to enjoyment of this movie. And one of them is like a core hipster theology, and the other one is just uh, like an observable thing. Um, I, I think part of what this movie does so well is that it gives you a character who's too cool for the setting she's in, and she's too smart, and she's too clever, and no one at her high school understands her. And in fact, no one in the entire Sacramento like metro area which which must include like 1.5 million people right. like none of them uh, have the horsepower intellectually to stay with Ladybird right she thinks and she that, finds a guy in Timothy Chalamet and then he just turns out to be like a poser and she realizes it like yeah there's there's nobody yes. who can run with her Nobody can run with her, dude. She's a thoroughbred. She and she's the only <laughs> she's the only thoroughbred in Sacramento, which is amazing. But that like little ideology, like that idea is so doggone intoxicating because the movie invites you to view it and say, I was the ladybird yeah. of Hartford City, or I was the ladybird yes. of Bay City in your case, or whatever. And like no one got me. No one understood me. I had to go to New York to find people who had like the horsepower to keep up with me. But then she goes to New York and all anybody's doing in New York is like getting hammered and throwing up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's not what she expected. It's, yeah. It's not what she expected, which is so. And this is what I loved about the movie. OK, this is what I this is what I thought was really brilliant about it. It was that motif of I leave my hometown thinking I'm going to find something next level and inspiring, but I get to the new place and I realize that sin nature is just sin nature and that people are basically the same everywhere. And that moreover, I'm not that unique, right? Right. Like right. you go, you go to Manhattan or, or Brooklyn or whatever borough they were in and, and realize there are 10,000 ladybirds walking the streets here. There are 10,000 ladybirds who are the coolest, you know, hippest, most kind of clever person in their hometowns. And they're all sort of 
forgettable in this context, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's a it's a great little kind of slice of life, I think, because it's really yeah. relatable. It's not, um, I don't know, it doesn't paint life be, to be more romantic, which is one thing that I think yeah. that a lot of movies tend to do in a good hipster movie or a good like, you know, 90s-esque or actual 90s indie movie is careful not to do. Is to just kind of yes. give you this moment of life the way it is, and in but but artistic enough where like it almost helps you see the beauty and the the transcendence in your own mundane life. Um, yeah. And you walk away from a movie like that, kind of like paying closer attention to the mundane things around you, thinking maybe they are infused with meaning, like like this movie I just saw. I, I loved yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. bounce a couple lines off you that I loved, and and see what you think of them. Yeah, and then remind me. I've got a I've got a theory as to why you liked the movie as much as you did. Should we do that first? Or no, let's do that we do second. The lines first. Okay, yeah, we'll do it second. My favorite yeah. line in the whole thing is after okay. she and her friend, and I loved her. Like, you know, it was a standard thing of like I fall in with yeah, the yeah. cool kids, and then I and then I remember that my real friends are my real friends, and the way it was done yeah, was yeah. so straight down the barrel, simple. And yeah. so heartwarming and sweet. And when she went to prom yeah. with her friend that she had rejected, and they went together, and they didn't, yeah. you know, they just had fun. And they sh- and, and they showed yeah. that scene basically in snapshots that were taken. I don't know. To, I, yeah. I I almost cried, dude. And I was on a flight. Yeah, no, it was I know, great. Dude. Yeah. But like when when she and her new like cool friend um, decorate the nun's car, so it says "Just Married to Jesus." And, yeah, yeah. and that nun is like one of my favorite actresses. She's in everything. Yeah. She never ages. She was that old in like 1996 and falling down or whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah. she she <laughs> takes her aside and uh, when when she apologizes, she says, yeah, I, I kind of thought it was you. And by the way, I wasn't just married to Jesus. Uh, we've been together for 40 years. And Lady yeah. Bird says, without irony, well, he's a lucky guy. <laughs> and I, oh, dude, I love that. It's so clever. It's so, it so clever. It's beautiful. I cracked yeah. up, like, and, and, and the person next to me glances over at what I'm watching, sees that it's Ladybird, and kind of gives me the knowing, kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, you're in for a, you know, a good one here. I, I think the interesting thing about that line, dude, to me, and th- this is maybe part of my issue with hipster movies in general, that's a line that, like, a 40-year-old person thinks of and delivers, like no one who's seventeen is is that clever and and aware of the world enough yet to say that line. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't I don't know any seventeen year old who's ever lived, including us or including I I don't know David Foster Wallace, who would have been maybe the most clever seventeen year old there was, would think of that line in that moment. What about but Juno? It was, it was Juno. My oh, wait, was, she's not real. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> dude, Juno. I never watched because I had the same oh. hipster movie fears about it. Okay, like it just looks so depressing, and it came out in that slate of like Little Miss Sunshine, which was another super depressing hipster movie. KK loves all these movies, by the way. Um, she loves all the marketed to super women mostly. I think right. Yeah, yeah, super depresso hipster movie. But uh, what's what's the other line? Dude? I gotta say this: uh, I, I don't think either Juno or Lady Bird was depressing at all. I think both of them made me feel like amazing afterward, like 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 a glow that lasted a while. Um, Interesting, but yeah. that's a different thing, I guess. Uh, the other the yeah. other line is when she gets to New York, she's like. Mm-hmm realizing what everyone's like there. And there's a guy flipping yeah. through her CDs, which is the most standard like 90s. And this took yes. place, I think oh, it's supposed I to take place that. in yeah. 2002. So it's basically the 90s. Yeah. And he's flipping through her yeah, CD yeah. collection and he says like, oh my gosh, this is pathetic. I don't remember how he words it, but he's like, best of, greatest hits, best of, greatest yeah. hits, come on. And she goes, quiet. Like like she doesn't even care if he hears her. She just goes like, what's wrong with him? They're the greatest oh. hits. Like this moment of yeah. like, why? How dumb is it to think that the greatest ones are the worst ones? Like this <laughs> are somehow idiot. mockable. Yes, <laughs> yes. But but that moment, I'm I'm so glad you brought that up. That's aged really well. So like I remember being in the '90s with my friends who were like smug music guys, and like I had the greatest hits records, um, and I, I remember them looking down their nose a little bit. You know, like, you know, it's really lazy of you to just get this record. You really need to engage the whole body of work or whatever. That that was a very, like, 90s smug music guy motif. And I remember being delighted by that when I saw it in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And that, to me, is the most annoying thing in the world. Somebody who's, like, critiquing. I, I love the 90s, like, curate your your persona via your CDs. 
Yeah, but for someone to come in and like, yeah. it's almost like they just strip you naked and point out every flaw they see in your body. And it's like, you're yeah. very rude right now. What are you doing? Which, which is why we wear bulky sweatshirts, harkening back to a previous episode. <laughs> to, harkening back to a Patreon episode, the body episode. That's right. That not everyone's yeah, going to get it. Yeah, the body up, dude. But they can all get it for just a mere they $4 can. a month. Dude, that's so, that's so, I almost said cheap again, dude. That's so affordable. That's such great value. $4 a month for additional gut check content. I don't know why anybody would, would not do that. <laughs> um, I have a theory. I have a theory as to why you enjoyed the movie so much. And you don't have to like defend why you enjoyed the movie. I, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Um, I think, and I want to hear you just on this theory in general. I think movies are like 33% more enjoyable on the airplane. And in fact, Ooh. I will watch a movie that I wouldn't watch in my living room due to thinking that it might suck. I'll watch it on the airplane because it feels less risky. Right, yeah, um, the time is lost either way. The time's lost either way, and you're like, oh, the, you know, the, the, the movie about the boxer Vinny Pazienza that has the guy from Top Gun in it, I'll watch it on the plane. And that was a movie that I totally enjoyed on the airplane, but but if I had watched it in my living room, I would have been like, ah, that was bad. That's two hours down the drain. But I'm like, ah, good good airplane movie. You'll even say would that. You- Do you notice that she'll say like, I watched that on a plane. You won't ever say yeah. like, you might say I saw that in the theater if if it, you loved yeah. it, but you won't be like, oh yeah, I watched that at my friend Stewart's house, uh, you know, in his basement. Yeah. Like that doesn't you don't it doesn't matter yeah, yeah, where yeah. you watched it unless it's on a plane. Unless it's on a plane, huh. and it's it's your way of sort of saying to the other person, I wouldn't have watched this movie in real life. Right. But but because I was like 20,000 feet above the ground, I, I felt okay to watch it. You know, and it's it's a really interesting, like, deal. And I, I, I remember feeling that way about um, Zoolander, which we watched on the way to Israel <laughs> while the lady was dying next to us. Um, and I'd seen Zoolander before and never in real life would I go, you know what? I want to devote 88, yeah. 88 minutes to rewatching Zoolander. But on the plane, I was like, no, this is a good decision. This, this makes total sense. Well, it's an 11 hour flight. You you can afford yeah, right. some stinkers even in the midst and still watch yeah, you know, exactly. the Godfather trilogy afterwards. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so would you say that your enjoyment of Ladybird was like nudged forward by the fact that you were on the airplane? I, I bet it was. I think that I, I don't think I would have thought to watch it of my own volition, not on the airplane. Yeah. Although my wife suggesting it, I would have I would have watched it. Um, but I yeah. think I would have liked it either way. It may be though that there was some. I don't know. There's also something kind of romantic about even in this day and age uh, of you know everything being annoying and still you know a bunch of people. You know, there's three, 33 people with masks, but those are the only yeah, 33 yeah. people who aren't coughing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I wish yeah, that yeah, I was exactly. in charge of like you. You don't need that mask. Give it to that guy who's like hacking up a lung. Um, but <laughs> right, right. I don't know. Even though it's gotten kind of depressing and no one dresses up for it, et cetera, and all the yeah. harumph stuff people say, there is still something yeah, yeah. about getting, you know, in this long metal tube in Nashville, Tennessee, yeah. and then and where it's, you know, 52 degrees, and then three yeah. hours later... I'm in Chicago, and then you know, an hour after that, I'm in, you know, I'm Grand Rapids, just a short yeah, drive from yeah. home, and and, and yeah. maybe that did. I think that probably did. You know, on the way there, I watched uh, Jaws. I hadn't yeah. seen that in ages, and I was like, oh, Jaws. Yeah. So I watched that, and I and I only got through about two thirds of it, and then dude, that's a solid airplane. Oh movie, yeah, that's a good call by you. Absolutely, because yeah, nice. it's a known quantity. It's yeah, you know, yeah. it's timeless. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, fun, timeless. You don't feel like you're wasting the time, but like, yeah, it's just an enjoyable, however many minutes you get into it, it's it's enjoyable for that amount of time. But then I got back to the hotel to finish it, and I was like, eh. I watched it, yeah. I, yeah. I pu- plugged my fire stick in and everything on the TV and got it yeah. all set up. Am I going to watch the last 25 minutes? And that's the most exciting 25 minutes, but not being, and I, and I kind of was thrown by the fact that like it didn't do it yeah, for dude. me. And I think it was- Yeah, you get into the hotel, you make all the all the preparations and you fire it up and you're like, yeah, I'm bored now. Exactly. You know, I'm not, I'm not so I could be it. doing yeah, anything yeah. now. I could be reading, yeah. I could call my wife, you know, what what I could right. I could turn in early and, or or yeah. what was I? I was, I was working on gut check episodes actually because I was churning them out, you know, the, the ones yeah. that we had in the- in the hopper and and yeah. yeah at that point now this is a choice this isn't like yes. captive mentality this is a choice amongst 
10,000 choices that I could make. And here, here's the other magic of the airplane movie to me. They, they give you some guardrails, right? Like you've got a really pretty limited list of options. And so you do that calculus of, I could watch Zoolander or I could watch, I don't know, Remains of the Day or I could pick from only 50 other movie selections that they give me. And you're like, yeah, Z- Z- Zoolander is a good idea, right? I actually, I enjoy the guardrails of the limited yes. movie selections on the airplane. Yeah, it, it um, takes the guesswork out of it. Yes. Life is full of too many choices as it is, right? Yeah. Um, watching TV at, at home for me is stressful because of this. Like, I have to choose something, and it could be one of, like, I don't know how many things there are on all the streaming platforms combined, but probably a million things that I could be watching. Um, so the, the, the curation that they do on the front end is appreciated. Dude, I know we've only got a couple minutes, but I want to run another hipster movie ingredient by you and see if this annoys you or see if you're okay with it. All right. Um, here it is. They take someone who's clearly beautiful, just gorgeous and like 99th percentile good looking and charismatic. And they try to sell to you that this person is somehow a sad nerd. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where are you at on that? That's a Hollywood thing in general, I think. Yeah. But yeah, they take themselves more seriously at it uh, in the in the, mm-hmm. in the hipster movie. I mean, like yeah. Sir Sharon in, in uh, Lady Bird apparently had just come off um, like a theater production where the, she was allergic to the makeup and she had bad acne and was like, oh, wow, don't cover okay. it up. Yeah. Then it'll be realistic, you know, because this this 17-year-old kid would probably have acne. Um, and, Interesting. And honestly, yeah. even though she's like quantifiably one of the more beautiful people on the planet, you, you know, y- yeah. you, you looked at her as like the gawky teen. Um, yeah, yeah. That was, you know, that, that made it so that, uh, whereas like somebody like, uh, oh gosh, what's a good example of this? I mean- it's a thing that uh, happens. Yeah, it's a thing that happens, and you know it when you see it. Dude, I want to give you an example of a hipster movie that I watched just recently. It was a it it scanned as a hipster movie, right? So it had all the ingredients of being a hipster movie, but it never took the depressing turn. You never saw like the loss of virginity. You never saw the like, oops, I got high and wrecked my life kind of moment. Um, and the movie was Licorice Pizza. Oh, I've been wanting and, to see that, actually. I haven't dude, yet. Dude, it's, it's good. It's, a, it's Paul Thomas Anderson, who does hipster Whom movies. Who I love. Yeah, and, who, and yeah. who's very talented. And the guy in it, so the main guy in it is Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid. Yeah. And he is actually awkward looking. Like, he's not sort of uh, a super handsome male model who they dress up to look like a nerd. Like, he's legitimately, if he was in your high school... He'd be the like nerdy friend with charisma. You know what I mean? He'd be that guy. And he was that guy in the movie. And it was such a kind of delightful two hours of, I kept waiting for the hipster shoe to drop. You know, the like Vans canvas shoe to drop of, of like <laughs> depressingness. But they never did it to you, dude. They just gave you kind of a nice two hours. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. You should watch it. Uh, it, that one I didn't watch because I got the impression there was a chance. It, I think it's set in the seventies, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of those movies you watch and you're like, like we watched one that I remembered loving in the nineties. Yeah, that set in the seventies yeah. called, um, gosh, called the Slums of Beverly Hills. Okay, never saw uh, and, it. And it, it's got one of our favorite actresses, um, whose name escapes me right now. The the uh, Oyve lady from Russian <laughs> Doll, yeah, uh, yeah. Natasha Lyonne. Okay. Um. And and I was like, this is really good. It's got Alan Arkin in it. Oh, I you know, love Alan Arkin. He's the it's best. It's spectacular. Yeah. And it's got several of my favorite actors. But this this thing of it being like a dirty seventies setting. Yeah. Necessitates in the mind of a lot of filmmakers, like, well, we got to show boobs nine times. Like, yeah. but in a really yeah. like like in a way that that's extra uncomfortable. Yeah. Even yeah. beyond like, like the usual movie nudity, where you're like, okay, this is awkward. Yeah. But like. Like in this kind of exploitative, like almost quasi medical way, yes. and we're watching it in our smoke room, which means that anybody who's in the uh, on the other Walk side around of the outside, fence yeah, 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 right, can look and, and see the reverse image of it, and they're like, "What are they yeah. watching?" Right, and, and I got a vibe from Licorice Pizza that that was going to be possibly that kind of thing. So it's not that kind of movie, dude. It's not, and I'm so glad I get to tell you that it's not that kind of movie. And it and it actually has like an incredible five minutes of Bradley Cooper in it. Uh, who who plays this like real life over the top movie producer from the seventies named John Peters, and uh, 
Bradley Cooper just like murders that role, just annihilates it. He's so good in it. And um, yeah, it's a fun movie. I give it a watch and we'll uh, we'll talk about it three weeks later. So, Ted, I've seen the movie now. <laughs> my, my, my wife and I watched it a couple nights ago. Last night we watched Die Hard with uh, the, yeah, the Gut Check right. Army upper echelon. And two, yeah. the night before that we watched uh, Licorice Pizza. Uh, and I am ready to discuss it. <laughs> Dude, that's that's great. I'm I'm glad you're ready to discuss it. Oddly um, formally ready to discuss it. Again. Yes, it's an oddly formal like well done. Um <laughs> yeah, Licorice Pizza of course, the the newest uh PTA movie Paul Thomas Anderson and intriguing for a lot of reasons, Zach. One of which being that it starred uh Cooper Hoffman, who's Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid. Uh I was really excited to see him. And I want to talk about like your state of mind and heart going into the movie because I had I, I had sort of a odd relationship with it in that in every way, like the poster, the trailer, who was in it, etc., it had the look and feel of a movie that would real that would that would go real like depressing and hipster. Mm. Like I thought we would for sure get like the overdose, the losing of the virginity, the like somebody commits suicide. Yeah. I thought it was going to hit all the hipster tropes, but um yeah, in a in a really delightful way, it didn't do any of those things. And I was I was really happy with that. And I really enjoyed the yeah. movie, but uh I w- I want to talk I want to hear your thoughts on the movie. Well, <clears throat> so like I told you uh well moments ago for the listener, I my my yeah. The, I guess so. I rewatched the trailer because I showed it to Aaron mm-hmm. to ask her if she wanted to watch the movie with me. And yeah. obviously the thing that had stuck with me is a scene in which she knocks on the door and says, do you really want to see, see my breasts? And yeah, then he, yeah. and, and, and they don't show anything. And it's actually yeah. kind of a funny scene played yeah. for like her continually sort of calling the right. bluff of this, this young guy who thinks he's such a hot shot. And, right, right. you know, it, it, you know, it, it just, it was, it was, it worked very well as did yeah. everything. And, and apparently he came up with the, uh, the premise for it when he saw like a, a young, um, kid at a school, a teenage kid flirting with like a teacher or, or an administrator yeah. and, and thought to himself, like what would happen in real life if that, yeah. if somebody, just called his bluff and said, "Yeah, all right, I'll show up at this person yeah. to date this person." And and yeah. she she was really great at that at that role. Yeah. And it did she was, you know. So so it's she's twenty five, he's fifteen. Uh, I think he turns sixteen in the course of the movie. And yeah. yet it came off not creepy, partially maybe because it was the seventies, certainly because it was a younger male and an older female, not vice versa. But right. uh, so like we watched that that trailer again, and so it, it had like a, a David Bowie song that I love going in the background. It had everything yeah. that I love about Paul Thomas Anderson. You know, like yeah. when you watch a Wes Anderson trailer, you're going to see like 38 phonographs and like old manual typewriters, yeah. and you're going to go, "Oh, I see what this is going to be." Yeah, and you're going to hear like yeah. probably also a David Bowie song, but sung by like sung in yeah. in, in Portuguese with a you know a right. ukulele accompanying yeah. it. Exactly. I, I I like I loved the movie before we hit play on it. Like I was like, oh, yeah. this is th- that's right. This is the kind of movie it is. The kind that they don't make yeah. anymore. Yeah, um, I know, dude. Yeah, I went just in with a, high expectations. Yeah, but it was it was to your point. A couple of a couple of things on that. I think I wrote after this, or I I thought about writing this. This is the movie that would happen if if Paul Thomas Anderson made a Wes Anderson movie. Um, it was kind of this movie <laughs> in that it was like. Clever in all the Wes Anderson ways and kind of sweet and kind of tender in the in the way that like his early stuff was sweet and tender. This was a lot like Bottle Rocket to me, uh, yes, which was yes. the, fir- the first Wes Anderson movie that I know you really enjoyed, too. Which isn't which um, isn't Wes Anderson at all, frankly. Yeah, no, it isn't. It's like it's so. So let's talk about this Bottle Rocket and this movie were like really simple, kind of straightforward premises right and the the premise that you explained of you know what what would happen if there was this 15 year old flirting with like a slightly older person and they just ran it you know and they they continued running it and it worked because cooper hoffman really was charismatic he had the same kind of like shambling charisma that his dad had and it was just believable enough that like this 25-year-old photographer who's taking like school pictures and kind of hates her life would go, yeah, I'll show up. I'll pull up to this restaurant and chat with you. And, you know, if the kid's actually interesting, 
you could imagine that they would keep chatting, you know? And I, I just love the simplicity of a movie like that. I, I love that there was not some huge trope and some huge, like, you know, and then they time travel or, and then they, you know, whatever. And, and then they fight crime. It was it just turns like, out yeah. that they're siblings and they have to deal with the wacky hijinks. Like, you know, yes, it, exactly. it felt like real life. I, I, I was alive part of the seventies. So were you, but neither of us mm -hmm. remember them real well. Cause we were tiny children. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it felt like what the, I think the seventies felt like based on. Yes. The, yes, exactly. Like it felt like I've my seen. sort of, yeah. Misty eyed kind of, uh, aspirational seventies or whatever. But, um, I also like that I didn't know, Zach, if they were going to 2022 it. You know what I mean? Right. I, I I kept expecting them to make it like, oh, it's a mental health narrative. You know, she has crippling anxiety or, you know, I, I, I expected them to squeeze some like 2022 talking points into there. And they didn't. It was it was just very much a, a story in a particular time and place. Um, it had like... I want to I want to talk about the like lineal hipster title belt holders that it had in the movie. Um, Tom Waits, I feel like, is the he's like the Mike Tyson of hipster title belt holders. Like he had the strap in like the eighties and nineties. Uh, he was in the movie in the I think, Coliseum. I love Tom Waits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this Alana Heim, who played the the kind of female lead, I think she's she's contending for the belt. Um, have you I listened know, to she's... her band, dude? I haven't. It's <clears throat> terrible. I, I was like, yeah. oh, I bet it's amazing. And I brought it up. And oh, no. like Aaron and I do this thing where after we watch a movie, we lie in yeah. bed and one of us reads the IMDb trivia to the other one. And okay. like the first thing we learned is that she's, yeah, the sisters in the movie were her real sisters and they're a band. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, and I brought up Amazon Music immediately. And yeah. I w the first one I was like, I was waiting for it to kind of come in and drop and it never did. And yeah. then Aaron's like, it's maybe just a bad song. I'm like, well, it's their number one song, but I'll try the next one. And it was like, it was music that went nowhere. It was music that just sort of ground around in a circle. Dude, yes, that's that's so well said. Let, let me ask you this. And I, I got the I got the scouting report on her band from um, I have the super hipster film kid that uh, that's in some of my classes. And uh, I always have that kid, by the way. And I always enjoy that kid. Um, and that kid is always, I think, a little disappointed in me that I'm not like more interested in like boring hipster music. Um, <laughs> but I'm just not. And you I never have walk. been. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, my question to you is, have you ever been into boring hipster music? Did you ever have like a season or even like a three month run with it where you were like, I'm going to, I'm going to try it. I'm going to kick the tires on like, I don't know, um, even who it would be. But. I don't know. It depends on what era. Cause it was better before <laughs> I loved the eels when they were like a mainstream kind of hipster thing. I still mm -hmm. love the eels. Um, I remember when Juno came out and I was smitten yeah. with Juno as a, a film and, and with Diablo Cody and everything. Um, Dude, there so was, that would have been when, like 2007 or something? I what, think it was roughly? right when we moved to Lansing. So 05 yeah. or 06, we didn't have a kid yet. And yeah, I remember yeah. uh, she was listening to the Moldy Peaches, which is like anti-folk. Yeah. And I remember I got like a CD and I listened to it for like a day. And then I was like, oh, I can't take any more of this ever again. Yeah. And I threw the CD away, which I've never done before with a band. Like I so always funny. keep all my CDs, but I didn't want it anymore i have a take and i want to run it by you i think that like 2005 2006 window that was the best era for boring hipster stuff mm. in as much as like that was kind of apex mountain for wes anderson so he was dropping like royal tenenbaums the life aquatic movies like that that were by him where he had like decent sized budgets but he hadn't gotten like fully up his own <laughs> rear end by that point <laughs> like um the, the, so that was really good hipster stuff i th i feel like bonnie Vare was kind of starting to pop then which is that would that would be my era of like dabbling in hipster things like i i tried to get into that and i kind of did for a little bit but um but yeah th that was a really good boring hipster era um which <laughs> is not really much to brag about for that era but all right <laughs> yeah i, I want to talk about um the most mainstream person in this movie was Bradley Cooper. Dude, and he, he, he crushed it like always. Yeah, he. I was going to say, he provided like my favorite five-minute run of the whole movie, which is where 
He plays a coked out John Peters, who was a real Hollywood producer in the 70s. Streisand. Yeah, and who by all accounts was a maniac. Like, just like a a true coked out maniac. He was consulted on this movie and and kind (laughs) of signed off on and gave some notes. Like, you should hit on that girl more and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You should be more of a dirtbag and more coked out. Yeah. You should wander down the middle of the street more in a coked out haze. Yeah. Anyway, Bradley Cooper, like, really dialing it up, really going for it. Hilarious. As John Peters. Dude, um, not to be like IMDb trivia section guy, yeah, but yeah. like um, apparently they didn't know, neither of the, the young leads knew he was going to be in it. And the first moment they saw him was when he rushed over and they, they used the take where he just came up and he's like, who's in charge here? What are you? And like, started incredible. just throwing the dialogue at him that, and, and so improvising, incredible. you know, it was, it. it was great, man. Oh, those, yeah. and those two guys playing off each other. Uh, yeah. Uh, Cooper uh, Hoffman and, and uh, Bradley Cooper. Dude, yeah. ooh, Bradley Cooper Hoffman. Dude, let's talk about Something Cooper there. Hoffman. And then I've got a I got a Paul Thomas Anderson thing I want to run by you. Um, what do you think is like the career for Cooper Hoffman? Like as you look a decade, decade and a half into the into the future, what's the career look like? What kind of movies does he end up doing? Do I don't we think get he better makes movies? anymore, dude. He he didn't no. want to act. He had to be talked into it and have his arm twisted. Really? Yeah. What do you so, want to do? Like, what's his deal? I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I I, I okay. think he could have a great career in in film, but he also seems yeah. like he could open a waterbed store and kind of crush it. <laughs> but, yeah. I, 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 and like he he had. I, it was funny to me if you used to say that he had all the charisma of Philip Seymour Hoffman because my my take on Philip Seymour Hoffman is always that he leached the charisma in a good way out of yeah. everything. Like he was like. He was the darkness in every scene, like just kind yeah. of mumbling his lines. And whether he was Truman Capote or the bad guy on Mission Impossible Three, he was like he was like the same yeah. like, same guy. Uh, and by by the way, my favorite, my absolute favorite uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman role is a Paul yeah. Thomas Anderson movie that I think you hate called Punch Drunk yeah. Love. Um, yeah, I don't hate it. I'm just kind of indifferent toward it. I, I, you should give it another chance, man. I think you might like it as a, yeah. a little old, older, more whimsical older of a person. guy. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, he's the he's the heavy. He's the antagonist, and, uh-huh. uh, and you know, it, it just in my mind that's the the kind of quintessential uh, Paul, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman role. <laughs> Philip Seymour, yeah. and, and then uh, his son was like all energy and life, like yeah, especially that character Gary Valentine, which by the way, yeah, I mean. Absolute spectacular character. He goes up on like yeah. the the Rushmore, uh, not to make I, a I hipster agree. movie quote uh, pun, but to, yeah. <laughs> of of like greats alongside Lloyd Dobler. I mean, he's just he's an amazing okay. character. That's what I was kind of getting at, and that's what I want to talk about. Like, I feel like Gary Valentine had Doblerian qualities. Yes, and I was, I was for lo- optimism. Yeah, I was looking at him going. Yeah, this guy in another five years plays Lloyd Dobler in the Say Anything reboot. And then, like, he goes on to have, like, that John Cusack kind of shambling every man that you love sort of career. Yeah. And I, I would I would enjoy that. And I hope he hangs around for that reason. In that, like, I look at the landscape of, like, young Hollywood dudes right now. And they're all, like, boring, fey, like, British guys. Or they're kind of bros. And there's there's nobody in that like Lloyd Dobler space right now. And I, I think he could really carve out a nice, you know, decade long run doing those kind of movies. And, and that would mean that those kind of movies were getting made, which I would be happy about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's not, you know, it's not a guarantee. I was a little yeah, surprised yeah. by this one coming out yeah. when and did and how it did. Um, yeah. I, I got to say, I think like the fact that he's dumpy, mm-hmm. uh, just like his father, <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe even a little dumpier. And yet, yeah. It did not feel in any way a stretch that that, right. that beautiful young woman would be smitten with him and, and kind of taken with him, even though there's every reason in the world why she should just kind of write him off as, as this annoying kid. Um, yeah. It speaks well to his ability to kind of command the scene and yeah. sell you on the, the character, the way the character is selling himself to, to all yeah. the other characters. I thought he was so good. And, and like, I, I feel like he... Hasn't had an acting lesson in his life. I don't know this. It just seems like it. He's yeah, watched yeah. he's yeah. watched movies happening all around him his whole life, and it's just sure. a natural. And that's I, my favorite. I kind agree, of dude. Okay, so I, I don't want to get too like cultural here, but and maybe this is more of a me thing because I spend you know e- every day at work around young people. I feel like we enjoyed this movie because 
we went to school with people like Gary Valentine. And in, in some cases, maybe we were the, the, the Gary Valentine of that moment, right? The guy... Or in like our minds, that, anyway. <laughs> in our minds. Yeah, I mean, the guy starting a fake company or the guy, like, having ideas or pulling together the fun I think Gary Valentine's companies were real somehow. His, his companies were real. <laughs> I know, that was incredible, dude. And, um, and, and yet, I look at the college landscape of 2022... And this is not an aspersion on where I teach. This is just kind of a general comment. There's not a lot of Gary, Gary Valentines walking around anymore. You know, they're, they're a couple. Uh-huh. You know, we have a couple guys like that at our school who have that kind of juice. But, like, I don't know, the kind of charisma that says I can go into a room, I can kind of not be intimidated, I can talk to anybody, guys, girls, bros, nerds, whatever. Like, Gary had that kind of juice. And... I enjoyed being with a character like that for two hours. You know, I didn't really yeah. care. And, you know, critiques of this movie are like, oh, nothing happens. What's the point? And I'm like, the point is, like, you just get to be with this kid for two hours, and it's a fun time. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it, it, my favorite kind of movies <clears throat> anymore are the ones where hardly anything happens. Like, Oh, I agree. Yeah, but, but I agree. I, what's funny when you talk about, like, this type of person and whether it still exists, is it, yeah. is it like, even seen as laudable? To, to not be intimidated, to be like, yeah. I have these huge dreams, I chase them, I will not, I will be knocked down and I will be up so fast, you know, I yeah. barely made contact with the ground. And, yeah. and like, I feel like that's, that's the opposite of what everyone's trying to get across young people-wise these days. <laughs> yeah. right? No, you're right, dude. Everybody today is trying to get across... Look how knocked down I am. And I'm right. saying knocked yes. down. Uh, I'm more knocked down. Nuh-uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Feel something for me due to how knocked down I am. So no, we should write right. the scene from Jaws where they compare all of their scars, but uh-huh. instead of it being this like machismo thing, it's this like vulnerable, <laughs> like, no, no, yeah. no. Like, sometimes I wake up in the morning and all I can think about is sharks and I don't get out of bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the t- it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah, in the 2023 Jaws reboot, like that's that's what they're doing. And it's like Timothy Chalamet and like... Oh, uh, I hate that kid. I don't know why. I, I do too. Do no, no, I hate that kid too. And, I liked him um, in Lady Bird because you hated his character. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, no. So do you think do you think this Alana Haim is going to take the the female hipster title strap from the, the Lady Bird girl? Yeah, um, I don't know. It didn't get nearly as much buzz. I remember seeing a bunch of posters yeah. for it and I know it won some awards. Mm-hmm. But and I don't know, and, and really, it was theirs to to walk away with because they made it yeah. during COVID, which hardly any movies yeah. got made, and it got released widely like last December when it was yeah. still a pretty stark, you know, landscape. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I don't know, I, I don't feel like it's become the instant classic. But yeah. I kind of, you know, in true hipster form, like it that that yeah. very few people know what the world <clears throat> it is, you know. Yeah, exactly. No, and and it was it was kind of. I'm looking at reviews on it now, and yeah, it's got like two and a half stars out of five. You know, people were that's were bogus. Very kind of, I agree. I th- I think it's bogus. I'll, I'll watch that movie five more times. Yeah, I, I I would watch it again. I don't know if I'd watch it five more times, but I would I would definitely watch it again. It will become for um, me the kind of movie where if I'm in a real down mood, it will yeah. help prop me up because it's not too yeah. happy, but yeah. but it's hopeful and it's infused yeah, with right, it, dude. so it just sort of gently lifts you up. 30% yeah. from where you were and you can sustain that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, can we talk about kind of the fact that they didn't 2022 it and, and something that having watched say anything with my family, my son seeing it for the first time on Sunday and then a couple nights yeah. ago watching this. So yeah. seeing them close together. Yeah. I was thinking about um, like when I was watching say anything, I'm thinking about how people want to, you know, cancel that movie because of how toxic Lloyd Dobler is, he's, he's told, no, I'm not interested yeah. in you. And he shows up with the boom box and he calls her eight times and blah, blah, blah. Right, right. Um, and yeah. I, I remember hearing a, a conversation not that long ago where somebody was like, um, yeah, I remember my, my nephew said he asked a girl out that he liked and uh, she said no, uh, but he knows he should keep trying. And I said, no, she said, no, you should not try anymore. And <laughs> I, I said, if we live like that, there'd be literally no great love stories. Like no one would yes, exactly. win anyone over. No one would, would right. sweep anyone off their feet. You'd, yes. you have to immediately connect with this person, swipe the right yeah. direction, right right off the bat. And, and like, that's what I love about Say Anything is that yeah. there's yeah. no reason why Diane Court, you know, he does kind yeah. of, he doesn't push for, for physical stuff or anything. I no, agree, that yeah. is terrible. In fact, yeah, uh, yeah, she yeah. kind of is, is, the, is the force for that. But he, yeah, she is. 
He says to her, you know, I want to spend every moment with you. That's what I want to do this summer. Spend as much time with you as yes. possible. I want to be as much yes. with your daughter as much as possible. I want to be a great date. Yeah. And, yeah. and then when she breaks up with him, he's like, I, I need to understand why and I need to win her mm-hmm. back. And, yeah. you know, they're driving around talking into the, oh my gosh, those scenes. Iceman. Power, power Lloyd. Power Lloyd. This, this rain is a baptism. Yeah. And I, I kept love looking so over much, to my dude. boy to see if he would smirk or like think it was dumb yeah. and he didn't. He thought it was as amazing yeah. as we do. It holds dude, up. Dude, my kids. Yeah, it does hold up, dude. And, and, so yeah, let, let's do two minutes on this because I, I love that you brought that up. Like I think, so even though our kids weren't raised in the like cradle of of kind of romantic things like that, you know, they're raised in this era of, yeah, if you call more than once, you're problematic or whatever. Right. But, but they're drawn to the romance of say anything. They're drawn to like the ethic of, you know, this guy really likes this girl and he's going to, he's going to win her affection, you know, and there's nothing. And I, I would, I would go to war to defend Lloyd Dobler oh, yeah. every day of the week, but like they're, they're to me, he's very respectful because at a very deep level, he does care for her, you know, he respects her and it starts there, right? It doesn't start with like, oh my goodness, she's so hot. I want her. It starts with like, She's the valedictorian in my school. She's really smart. She seems really poised, really amazing. Like, I have to get to know this girl. And then the more and, he does, um, he he falls in love with her. And it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful right. story. I think intrinsically, humans know yeah. this is this is the story we want our lives to tell on some level. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And yeah, if, if you take the position that any kind of persistence is problematic... We lose all of the great love stories, yes. right? And we and lose, we lose pride and prejudice. So we, oh yeah, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Life We're becomes on the list, so Ted. What, what classics? Yeah. What go? What classics get killed? And- well, well, dude, yeah, we lose pride and prejudice. We lose Titanic, which I don't know if it's a classic, but it's like one that I enjoy. So we lose that. Um, we lose pride and prejudice. We lose Romeo and Juliet. Like we're we're. We're out on all these like amazing love stories. You that, lose love um, story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You lose love story, right? Um, you lose. Um, I've got to think. I don't know. I'm just going through the Cameron Crow like uh, IMDb right now. You definitely lose um, Elizabeth Town. You probably lose uh, Almost Famous. Yeah, I mean, what what movie is Sing there? Street left? is gone, dude. Right off the Sing bat, Sing Street totally gone. Yeah, which, which is one of the tragic. Great love stories, I love yeah. that movie. Oh my gosh! And another yes, one with like the movie. high school age boy and the and the older girl. Yeah, slightly older girl, but you you buy it because he's so sweet. You know, right. he's, he's there's tender, nothing dirtbaggy in it. Yeah, right. It, he's respectful. You know, and 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 the sweet thing about that story is that, kind of reading between the lines, you get the sense that this girl. This girl has fallen prey to dirt bags her entire life, you know, and and in fact they're they're not even between the lines about it at one point in that movie, but right. um, yeah, th- this girl has sort of lived through that, and and he stands out in stark contrast due to how sweet he is, and she's drawn to that, and my goodness, I, I I'm a sucker for a story like that. I'll I'll be in on that. Every day of the week. You Absolutely, know? dude. And I'll tell you what, yeah. all of those movies would be like 20 minutes long if the guy had written that song, uh, I Was On My Way to Find You, like oh in gosh, the dude. first time that he met them and said, here, I wrote this for you. They'd be like, okay, we're married now. <laughs> but I'm 15. Doesn't matter. We're married. Not to go to too vulnerable a place with this next statement, but dude, that song tears me up almost every every time. Dude, it is so great. Gorgeous. As I listen to it, yeah, like I, I, I think about the boat and, uh, you know, the, the, the brother and the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, phenomenal soundtrack, top to bottom. Um, and an absolute classic. And, yeah, like if we lay the 2022 ethic of, you know, how, how to, you know, woo someone by basically not doing it, <laughs> then, <laughs> you know... <laughs> <laughs> we do. We, 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 those are very different movies as a result. And, well, I, I and think, we lose, so we lose licorice pizza and, and, and kind of yes, like what I brought it up. We do. The, yeah. the idea that I was banging around was it's, it's yeah. kind of brave to make that yeah. movie in 2021 uh, because it is, I mean, I guess he said it in the seventies. So that kind of maybe insulates him a little. He can say it was a different yeah. world or something, but like yeah. this guy is Lloyd Dobler. He's, he's all these yeah. characters. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he's maybe the most, kind of um, persistent and uh, effective of them all. 
And, yeah. and he even gets a little bit kind of like, I mean, he's not, he's a flawed character. He, when, when he yeah. feels like he yeah, doesn't definitely. have her, he gets kind of angry and he withholds, yeah. you know, access to some of the stuff he's, he's built. To- totally. But all the same, like you love him and, yeah. And it is a beautiful love story. And at the end, when they like are both running, there's so much running in that movie, dude. I can't yeah, believe how in shape that guy must be for how fat he is. Like he never out yeah, of breath, exactly. like, running everywhere. Yeah. yeah, like a block and a half, he'd be sucking wind. Do you think? But he's, <laughs> he's just going for it. You know, blocks upon blocks of, of running. But they cut to but, him, and I didn't, I didn't even quite get what they were doing. What, what Paul Thomas mm-hmm. Anderson was doing, but when they showed him running, and they cut to him running earlier when she fell down. And then they showed her running and they cut to her running earlier. And I don't remember what the scene was. I'm like, oh, yeah, they did mm-hmm. run a lot. But something about even yeah. just the the act of cutting away to something from before. And I knew they were yeah. about to embrace. It just got me like like yeah. deep in the sub cockles of my heart. And I was like, this is a this is a great story. I love this. Well, and I think it's we both had that response to it because there are so few stories like this now. Yeah. You know, like you you go to, like the last movie I went to the theater to see was um, the Knives Out sequel, Glass Onion. And it was a fun two and a half hours. It was 30 minutes too long, whatever. And it was it was kind of like an homage to how clever it was being, you know? And <laughs> that's a lot, you know, yeah. it, that's a lot of them. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot of them right now. And it, and, and it was, it was clever and they had this gigantic cast and everybody had to get their touches and whatever, but it, there was nothing sweet about it, you know? And there was, there was nothing, there was nothing really human about it. If that makes sense. It was just impressive. And yeah, if you go to a movie to be impressed, that's one thing. And that can work, you know, and that could be a fun two hours. But like this, this was a movie that I just felt things for, you know, and sometimes that's the experience you want. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and, I, and more often than not, and especially as I get older, more and more often, mm-hmm. that's what that's yes. what I want out of a movie. That's why yeah. I would say my my like top three might have a three way tie begin again, sing street, say anything. I mean, like these are the kind of oh. stories I mean, and when I used to yeah. watch movies, even into my 30s. I'd say about yeah. half the time. I just wanted to watch things blow up. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't mind that anymore, but it's like a, a much yeah. shrinking kind of section of, of my Oh, my I agree. Interest. I agree. Yeah, in an interesting way, our movie Venn diagrams are, are coming closer to the middle. Yeah, yeah, like dude. We're, that's interesting we're because they were more. pretty far apart. That was like maybe, uh, like, yeah. like we all liked kind of the same, we, we both liked it, all four of us, our, our, our mm-hmm. uh, families, we kind of like the same... Um, out there, '80s movies and stuff, I mean, like yeah, swingers yeah, yeah. and stuff. But like, yeah, I feel like there was the reason we started watching movies only to make fun of them is because a lot of the movies we, that we, we liked, couldn't you pick a movie together. sucked, yeah, and yeah, exactly. vice versa. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, yeah. They're, they're drifting in to a, a particular kind of thing. Can I can I hit you with a lightning round of three things about uh, licorice pizza? Yeah, go. What the world was with the name? I know a licorice pizza yeah. is like a vinyl record, but that didn't really yeah. factor in. No one said yeah. it. Yeah, I have no idea. Okay. Yeah, not a clue. I wonder if it was just like a way to make it really memorable or yeah, to evoke a particular time and be really memorable. I guess. I, I guess if you were, if we had been like sentient beings in the 70s, we would probably know what that means. Yeah. You yeah, know? you're probably right. It's probably like an homage to some Lou Reed record that we never listened to. You know what I mean? And this thing is rife um, with like <clears throat> references and in references, yeah. not only to like Hollywood in the 70s, but also to specifics to like yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson and his world. Um, yeah, exactly. Even even like the John Peters thing, like yeah, I knew he was a Hollywood producer, but like I had to read his Wikipedia page. Like I had to look up John Peters. And isn't it fun that it made you do on. that, right? Like yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. The fun thing that I learned is that uh, like not only so so Paul Thomas Anderson said he had been directing Cooper Hoffman his whole life in family movies. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. they had that relationship, and he's also yeah. known that that young lady and her sisters and had a crush yeah. on their mother when she was like his music oh, wow. teacher or something. So like that kind of factored into the movie. Um, but yeah. like she then had kind of babysat Cooper Hoffman when he was when he was little, which like perfectly works for their dynamic. That's wild, dude. Yeah, that's so wild. And, and, yeah, and she and, said and, even then I was kind of impressed with how like in control of the the scene he was, you know. I bet. I bet. Yeah. I bet he was precocious. That's fascinating. Yeah, I, I really, really like without reservation loved him the moment he was on screen. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm on this guy's team. Absolutely. And that was the that was the whole point. Because she had the same response to him, right? Um, even when he was like flirting with her in the picture line and kind of being a bumbling about it, she was like, she was in. You could tell she was in. He's the only one who wanted to take a comb. 
That was such a great yeah, exactly. be, like meet cute. It, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, another thing it. I wanted to ask you about was uh, your thoughts on BB Glazer, Fraser's agent, playing the yeah. agent. Yeah, loved it. Um, yeah, I just love her as an agent. You know, I, I think that's her wheelhouse. She, she, she does great work as an agent. And she, she I, was BB in this essentially, right? Yeah, <laughs> I love my actual agent. So if he's listening, and I know he isn't, um, <laughs> I, I, I do love my actual agent, and I couldn't, I couldn't ask for any anything more out of an agent. But like, to if I could trade him for BB Glazer, I, I think I might do it. Um, <laughs> What if he tried to like talk more like BB and be a little bit more kind of a? <laughs> and what if what if I was like, here, put on this, uh, put on this like very nineties power pantsuit and uh, and this wig and be BB Glazer? <laughs> you know, if you think you really, that would be weird. That would be too much. Like I feel a, like, like the Jay Moore character in uh, Jerry Maguire would do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to keep the client, you know, dude, he would. He would do anything, dude. I will kill for you. I will maim for you. I will dress up as BB Glazer for you. <laughs> I had a horrible realization that was uh-huh. that that uh, BB on Frasier in the late '90s uh-huh. is closer in time to the setting of Licorice Pizza than she is to us here and now. Yes, you're right. Wow. I, don't, yeah. I wish I would have kept that locked in. I don't. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah. I, saddled you with that information it's okay yeah it's okay i can i can i think i i can deal with it but uh it'll take some time my my last question is of all the amazing like uh really quick really smart dialogue which is another thing i love movies where people talk the way that no one would ever talk in real life because they can't yeah um what was your favorite line did you have one and this is kind of unfair for me to just throw at you without any prep (sighs) yeah dude i i I honestly don't remember lines, but I'll I'll give you two sort of stretches of the movie that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, obviously, the one we talked about was the Bradley Cooper run there at his house, and and then after, um, I loved that. And then I really enjoyed the run, and I especially enjoyed how this resolved. So like, she's out to dinner with the um, oh my gosh, he's a famous actor, dude. Why why can't I? Sean Penn. Sean Penn. She's out with Sean Penn. And Sean Penn is supposed to be this really impressive like person, but he's just getting hammered and talking about himself, right? And like she's bored. And that's the scene where you're like, she wishes she was with Gary Valentine instead of this douche. Yeah. And so that scene goes a little too long. But then the way it resolves with him trying to do this really impressive like motorcycle trick, but like <laughs> yes. he crashes. I love that he crashed. I love that he didn't pull it off. I love that it just ended in a shambles of like fire and drunk guys and like that that was a disaster for him. And he forgot um, completely about Alana yeah. and walked away from her while Gary was like making sure she's okay. It was it was exactly. a really great scene. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes, dude. That was so good, dude, and it was so satisfying. And that just kind of shows the 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 chops that PTA has as a storyteller. Um what was your favorite line from Licorice Pizza? My favorite line, and you got to rewind these these great lines so you can lock them in, uh-huh. was right when they meet, and uh-huh. and he's showing how clever he is, and she he says yeah. to her, "You say everything twice," and she goes, "I don't say everything twice. What is this? Say everything twice." <laughs> That's so great, dude. <laughs> and you know what it reminded me of? What? Jimmy two times or Tommy two times? What's the guy's name? Yeah. On Goodfellas? Anybody yeah, I papers, gotta go get, get the, the papers, papers. Get the papers. Yeah. Oh, I love it, dude. <laughs> what does I this say? It. Everything twice. That's so that's great. So good. Yeah. Uh, and so great. dude, did you know that her family, her, her mom and dad, were also her real mom and dad? And like, the, I did not know that. The yeah, dad, this like, is great trivia. What do you call uh, improv? Everything. It was all. Yeah. Yeah. It was ad-libbed. Um, dude, that's amazing. That's really amazing. So I'm looking at the PTA. Can I hit you with one more little quick thing? Yeah. Because um, I know we've probably both got like time constraints we're, we're working with today. But um, I'm looking at the, the short list of like PTA films that have won awards and nominations. Mm-hmm. And honestly, dude, some of these I haven't seen. Some of these I have seen and have hated. And some of them I've seen and have loved and like really adored. Like... I want to talk about a PTA movie that maybe you haven't seen yet. Um, the Phantom Thread. Have you seen it? Came no, out in 2017. That's like the Daniel Day-Lewis swan song deal. Dude, I love that movie. It's one of me and KK's favorite movies. It's long. It's slow. It's not quite as like openly 
tender as this one. And it's gradations weirder. But I think you would really like it. And I would I would actually love for you to watch it so that we could talk about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down. I'm down. I'm, I've never yeah. seen Paul Thomas Anderson movie I didn't, like, absolutely love. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the, the 2014 one on this list, Inherent Vice, was based on a novel that I read and liked a long time ago. And I tried to watch the movie, and I got, like, 35 minutes into it, and it was terrible. And it was going nowhere. And I turned it off, and I couldn't believe it was PTA. Um, huh, I've, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it was a Thomas Pynchon novel, and Pynchon had like the hipster novelist strap like in the 70s and 80s before David Foster Wallace came along. Um, So it was kind of cool to like Thomas Pynchon for a while. So I read that book, and then I really sort of wanted to like the movie, and and I hated the movie. Um, So yeah, his IMDb is kind of all over the place for me, but, and like Boogie Nights being all about porn. I never saw Boogie Nights. I avoided that on purpose as well. I yeah, understand I it's too. a really sweet movie about like broken people, but I also understand yeah. it's got scenes that I wouldn't want to put in front yeah. of my eyeballs. So you just don't want to sit with it for three hours, you know? And, um, yeah, Magnolia, I haven't seen, which is Dude, weird. I love I Magnolia. I, yeah. I, I know it, you're, I know you're high on it. I'm but, a little uh, afraid to watch it again. Cause I, I feel yeah. like it might not hold up, but yeah. it's, it's a good one in my book. Yeah. Thank you for the recommendation, dude. We had a nice time watching it. Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah, no, I'm glad you guys loved it. Um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I can't say enough about it. I hope he keeps making movies like that. I hope the Hoffman kid keeps doing movies like that. And Zach, I hope we keep doing radio at this at this like dizzying clip that we're, we're in that now. We're on. It's on now, um, dude. We've been we've been so consistent. Uh, I, I don't want to jinx it and I don't want to blow our own shofars, but we've done an amazing <laughs> job doing, doing what we always do on this, this program and we will see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, you never fill the space with anything, which is really funny, but you did something breathy <laughs> just then. Next time. But then pay phone at your bed. Let's go get all together Cause we're